It's time to feel the rage. Welcome to Film Rage, where we talk movies in theaters, streaming, and classic films as well. Directors and actors, beware as you cannot hide from the rage. My name is Bryce, and I'm part of the Film Rage crew, which also includes Jim. Hey, Jim. Hey, hey. And the man who was rumored at one point to be the next James Bond. It's the Merman. Hey there, Murray. How's it going? Good. So with the introductions out of the way, let's rage on. Oh, we got some changes this week, people. Uh, thanks to all of you listening to us. If you love our independent podcast, please support us and the growing Film Rage community by joining our membership at buymeacoffee.com forward slash film rage yyc all members get a special episode and content only for members and all members that sign up will get a special limited edition film rage merch item if you cannot commit to a membership you can still buy us a movie rental and dare us to see a terrible terrible movie shout out to our biggest listening province in canada alberta followed closely by nova scotia but wait for the month of july our biggest listening state is the state so great they named it twice. New York, New York. Okay. So what are, what what do we cheer for for New York? Go Rangers? <laughs> Go Islanders? Anybody but the Yankees. Go Yankees? Yeah. How about Go Statue of Liberty? Or Knickerbockers? And Knickerbockers. That's fun to say. Yeah, and Knickerbockers, because you doesn't like to say Knickerbockers. Movies are back at Canyon Meadows Cinemas. We are open for your viewing pleasure with great new films opening weekly. All health-regulated protocols are in effect for a safe and enjoyable experience. And don't forget, we should be your first choice for your next birthday party or special event. Can't make it to the cinema? We got you covered. Order concessions from our online store, and you can either choose curbside pickup, or get them delivered via Skip the Dishes, Uber Eats, or DoorDash. For more details, go to canyonmeadowscinemas.ca. Here at CMC, we would like to thank you for your continued support. And we are looking forward to seeing you at the movies. Streaming, Jim. All right. I was kind of under the impression that Jim was actually going to lead this one, and I was ready to because we kind of talked about it earlier. So I was ready for him to just say his thing, and then me to go, yeah, ditto. But apparently. I, get I to had say to do today. exactly because I don't I think can do it if you want to. Uh, it's, uh, you say whatever you're gonna say. I don't. I have a feeling that I'm gonna have a very similar feeling about this movie as you did. The movie we're speaking of is streaming on Apple Plus as we speak. Right uh, now, it is named Fathom from this year. 
which is 2021. Fathom is a doc that follows the efforts of Dr. Michelle Fournette and Dr. Ellen Garland as they try to decode oral communication between humpback whales. Disappointingly to me, this was more about the researchers than the actual research. I felt as if there was a little bait and switch involved here, as I thought I was going to watch a doc about whales, but instead I got a doc about the lives, or lack thereof, due to the focus of their jobs of researchers. Um, you could feel their passion for the work they were doing throughout, but I was left feeling somewhat uninspired by the whole effort. If you are super into watching a film about the people that do research and their fairly mundane lives, then this is the doc for you. Still, eventually they got to the whales and that part of the doc was good, but that was a small percentage of the movie. I cannot fathom why the focus was where it was for this film, but it still had some interesting bits, which made it, uh, I wish I learned more than I did. Nah. Uh, ditto. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I apologize because I probably should have done, we did talk about it, but, you know, sometimes I get in my own headspace. Uh, so the content that this film is about in this doc is so very, 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 very fascinating. I am a huge believer in the intelligence and the value whales have in our world and in our society. This doc gives you a ton of information and these doctors studying their field in the communication with these whales is something at a leading edge of communication that I wanted to see so badly and learned more about how it was working. The issue is the doc is not that great. There is a lot of data and sciencey type stuff and some whale tones and sounds, which were kind of cool, and playful banter of the interaction um, of our heroines, but it got really dry and boring really fast. I was expecting to see more interaction with whales and saw way too much interaction with the doctors doing research, which is kind of exactly what Bryce said. I wish that, <laughs> I wish it was what I was hoping it would be and I also could not fathom why this movie wasn't called Research About Whales. It was a meh. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's such I a cool I mean, if, the, if, that was, if that was a film you wanted to make, I guess cool, but... Yeah. Man. I th <laughs> it's such a cool concept, though. Like, it's the idea of these, of these women producing sounds that they can communicate with whales oh, yeah. is the most exciting thing I've ever heard in my life. It's just too bad the documentary wasn't as exciting as that what they showed us. So. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well. No, Maybe someday you and I will get to talk to whales. Maybe. Not out of the realm of possibilities. Anyways, it's time to move on. Yeah, maybe. So we saw on Prime... Breaking news in Yuba County. And I have a feeling this movie could be a little polarizing. Um, and uh, I I could just read the IMDb about it, but it's, it's really, it's really about the fantastic, and when I say fantastic, I mean mesmerizing Allison Janney 
and how weird and fucked up she is. There's my breakdown of that movie. So let me talk about what I'm reviewing of this movie. This movie is so fucked up and literally has every single person in the planet in this movie. They have, they have so many people in this movie that when you watch it, you'll go like, oh, wow, I love that person. Too oh, many. wow, I, I love that person. Oh, wow, I love that person. <laughs> uh, I mean, just to let us off a few. We have the mesmerizing Allison Janney. We have Mila Kunis. We have Regina Hall. We have Aquafina. We have Wanda Sykes. We have Ellen Barkin. We have Matthew Modine. We have Juliette Lewis. We have Samira Wiley, who is... Uh, I'll talk more about Samira Wiley in a minute. There's just so many great actors in this film. It's, it's mind-bending. Um, I don't even know where to start about this movie. It's a self-development comedy gangster flick that is way over the top at times and not really grounded in much of actual reality at any time during the film. Allison Janney plays yet another character that I've never seen her play. This was such a different role for her. Does she have any limitations, I ask you? Does she? No, she has none. Allison Janney is a goddess of the film and screen. I just, she blows my mind. Really? I don't, I don't get it. Yes. And then- in this? What if, Yes, she was. It was such a weird role for her. It was so quirky and weird. I've never seen her play a role like this. Um, and then motherfucking Wanda Sykes. Like, it's just Wanda Sykes. She's in the movie. So, you know, it's going to be awesome. And in this, she's completely hilarious. Um, just so everyone's clear, yes, this film does have an LBGTQ character. And yes, it is Wanda who's actually playing that character. And just so everyone's also clear, this makes this a very kudos for the producers of this film. They have so much representation everywhere in this film, mostly because there's like a hundred people that are acting in it. Uh, and it's the way a film should be made. There should be proper representation, including all cultures, I'm races. Not, I'm not sure everybody needs to be in a movie and like it's, everybody's in this movie. Uh, well, let me get to that later. We can debate that in a minute. But the fact that they have all these characters and they all are, they have very good representation of all of the BIPOC culture as well as as with an LBGQ character. So, plus Regina Hall playing a straight straight man slash woman character where she's usually playing uh, the comedic sidekick. Um, so again, that was another surprise. Lastly, as far as actors go. Uh, Samira Wiley, no matter what she's in, I want to see it. I think she is so brilliant and I just, she blows my mind every time she's on screen. And actually she, to me, she stole every scene that she was with. So it was a good thing she wasn't up against Janney in many, many, many scenes. Um, I'm only sad that her part wasn't that much, wasn't that big. Uh, Allison, Janney's character is so weird and wonderful. Well, actually, all the characters were quirky, funny representations of real people. I really had no idea it was going to happen in this entire movie, uh, all the way through it, um, which is nothing like every other film we've seen lately, which is pretty much a sequel, and we could pretty much predict everything that was going to happen. Uh, I found this was weird and wonderful, offbeat and zany, unpredictable characters, 
crazy characters, not just characters. Uh, film surprise. I love the fact I did not know what was going to happen, and I loved all the weird characters that they put in this movie piled up in a giant heap of quirky humor. This film made me smile at the same time as make me shake my head. It was still a mondo for me. I love this movie. What? Yeah. You loved this movie. I absolutely love this movie. It was weird. It was over the top. It was unpredictable. I knew nothing was going to happen. Hey, like, as you're watching the movie, did you think as many characters die was going to be how many people died in this movie? And how they were going to die? Every single one was a surprise. I was like, what? They killed that person? What? <laughs> that person? And that's how that person died? It was just so weird. I loved it. It was I don't even know how get this got made because it was it was so different. I just really liked it. Breaking news in Yuba County had the potential to be great, with a cast that included the mesmerizing Allison Janney, the always amusing Aquafina, the put him in any role and he will deliver Jimmy Simpson, the best supporting actor in any movie he is in, including this one. Clifton Collins Jr., the laugh-out-loud, hilarious, and should-be-on-the-mesmerized list, Murray, Wanda Sykes, plus it had Mila Kunis and Matthew Modine and Alan Barkin and Regina Hall and Keong Sim, etc., etc., as you were mentioning. Notice I didn't mention Juliette Lewis because she's just awful in everything. I love her in everything. So how did this fantastic cast with a fairly decent concept for a movie make something that was so blah... The film lacks direction. There are scenes that are very good, but there is no co- cohesiveness between any of them. The actors did their part, as all of them did the best they could with the material they were given. Overall, this was just disappointing, as I was expecting so much more from this project that was overflowing with potential. Still, I got to see Wanda Sykes and Clifton Collins Jr. do their thing, so it was not a complete waste of time. This was a case where the actors saved the week, week writing. This was a meh. Well, uh, that's too bad for you because I was enjoying it quite a bit. I, 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 do I think there was some holes in it? Yes, one hundred percent. Yes, some. I thought what what I loved about this movie was I had no clue what was going to happen. Nothing. I as I was watching it, I kept going like, "Where is the story going to go?" And I, I didn't know. And so everything was a surprise. And every time something happened, I was like, okay, that was weird. But I'm glad, kind of glad it happened. I liked it. I liked everything about it. All right. Except for a few little things. But I was still smiling and laughing all the way through it. I just thought when whenever Aquafina would come into a scene, I was loved laughing. Aquafina, when, yeah. Loved Aquafina. Loved uh, Clifton Collins Jr. Loved yeah. uh, Wanda Sykes. They were fantastic. I thought Allison Janney was flat as a pancake no. in this one. I thought and if, it was if any of the yeah, she was well, the, totally flat. The reason I think she was, I think she was playing that character. Like this is what I'm saying is that no, I Allison saw her play Janney, the character, and I, I, I don't know. It the, the character itself was flat. The character had no personality, so it was. Yeah, I, it, I got like, it what was the really character tough was. For her to put, it was really tough for her. To, like this is what is so incredible about her. Is that she plays a character that's completely flat in a in a personality where she's over the top all the time. 
she's not. That's what I thought was so brilliant. All the time, but yeah. Well, she's definitely mesmerizing every time. Like for her to play this this role was a huge stretch. Huge stretch for her. Huge stretch for her. I think this was probably one of her hardest roles she's ever played because it was so such a bland person she was, was playing. This was a mess of a movie. Just a yeah. mess. Yeah. It was a beautiful, tasty, delicious, surprising mondo no, of a mess no. of a movie. If it wasn't yeah. if it wasn't for the for the really good performances by a few key actors in this. This would have been a total rage, but I, I couldn't because I still enjoyed watching Wanda Sykes. I still enjoyed watching Jimmy Simpson do his thing. Clifton Collins Jr., I can't look away when that guy's on the screen. He's always fantastic. Yeah. Um, so, they were. You know, okay, but the, the murders, the deaths. Didn't like wasn't were you surprised by any of them or you were just kind of like oh yeah that like you couldn't have told you could not have expected what was happening just because I couldn't expected what was happening doesn't make it good Jim yeah it does <laughs> it does it does I because I don't know the how they piece it together what I are you great. talking about and did yep. they piece things together did it make sense yeah it made complete sense I mean the plot really wasn't that complex. There was just too many moving It was parts. just layers of people. Yeah, layers, layers. Piles. Piles of people. Uh, anyways. Which was okay by me. It was exhausting watching it, and it's exhausting talking about it. So let's move on. Wait. I do have a favorite line, though. Okay. Let's hear your favorite line. It'll probably I'd be good. Gra- I'd have grabbed him by the baby dick and shot him up his piss hole. Okay. Maybe it's not good. <laughs> oh, it was good. All right. So from there, uh, I'm actually interested to hear what you think of this movie. Mm-hmm. I wasn't even sure what I thought of it for a little bit, but the mm-hmm. more I thought about it, I'm like, okay, I think I do know what I think about it, and I'm about to tell you. Uh, I am talking about a movie called Enforcement, but it's also called Shorta. But mm, in North America, you're going to find it as Enforcement in most most places. Um, it is on, on VOD. Uh, this Danish police drama is the story of two cops as they try to escape the ghetto of Svalengarden. Svalengarden. I put an N in there. Svalengarden during a race. Garden died. Yeah. During <laughs> yeah. a race riot that they were the catalyst for. It is a well-acted character study, and as the film plays out, we get to know the three main subjects and see the development, both good and bad, as they deal with the tense situation that surrounds them. My opinion of every character shifts during the course of this film. Jess, who seems as though he is a righteous and good cop, may not be exactly what we thought. And the absolutely deplorable Mike may not be quite as bad as initially presented. We see the best and worst of these characters as the intense pressure of their situation explodes around them. The filmmakers do a very good job of injecting every scene with tension. And once the riot starts, there are no wasted shots. You're right in the middle of it with Jens and Mike along with the their detainee, Amos. There are a lot of scenes in this film that are hard to watch. And in the end, nobody wins. And in this... Sorry. Nobody wins in this. And that is sometimes the case. It's just the way it goes sometimes in life. There are good people and there are bad people. And then there are Jens and Mike who are a little bit of both. The fact that I was engaged throughout that I was invested in every character for different reasons and that the tension of every scene was palpable made this movie mondo. Cool. Yeah, I mean, 
Um, I can see why. Uh, well, let me tell you what I thought of the film, and we can talk about it after. Um, yep. The racial tension between the cops and the Muslim community in this film is very present right from scene one. Supercock Mike is uh, is wound up super tight as tensions are raised from scene one, where a George Floyd-like scene, uh, even saying, I can't breathe, starts the film and throws a veil of racial unrest between the quote-unquote brown community and the police, or shorta, as they're called in the, um, in the uh, Arabic uh, uh, words, I believe. Uh, the super cop Mike just doesn't make it easier as he moves through the day that is this film. But when the aforementioned George Floyd character dies, the shit really hits the fan. This film has a real gritty, almost documentary feel to it. So there is so much realism and tension as the film unfolds. This film does not hide from the hard discussion of racism. It embraces it to get to the core of its effects. It's a global topic taking place all over the world right now, and it shows the hatred on all sides. It has the good good, the bad, and the ugly of what this racial divide has to offer. And when I say the good, I mean the people on both sides of this racial war and how kindness can prevail in these times. I really, really loved the way the film was unfolding, but the ending for me was a little too coincidental in a couple of ways. Um, for example, tying the kid's death to the partner and Super Mike becoming super good and the kid's mother finding him, etc., etc. There was a few too many coincidental things for me as I'm watching this film yep. that kind of sat with me and it kind of bothered me. I really, really did enjoy this film. I found uh, as we neared the end, the tie-ins became just that much more too coincidental. The film was really good portrait of one night on earth for two cops in an area of town in the midst of a violent race riot. But the conveniences for me were a little too frequent to fully, fully love the entire film. Gets a high, high, high man. But I, and I did like the story. I liked all the acting was stellar and the direction and writing were also done super well for the most part. But I just couldn't get past some of those coincidences. I think, you know, they're in a, they're in a space that covers, you know, quite a few blocks and it's just happenstance that a couple of these things just happened to, to happen. So it kind of threw me off. The I, game I can totally understand that. Um, I gave a pass to every, every one of them, except for one. The, the and and in the end that was the one that was going to tip me back to meh but I enjoyed it so much that I forgave it and that was as you the mentioned shot. The no no shot. that oh. one's fine I, I could I could get a pass on that the fact that Mike ends up being taken in by the kid's mother, the kid's mother? it yeah. was like really like when he looked at yeah. the pictures on the wall I was like oh this was like a perfect film until that yeah, for me and i know and I, there were some other things that i didn't mind as much as you minded i was like yeah whatever that almost wrecked it for me but in the end the performances were so good they were it boy was so, everybody so good. was like, good in this and and the this you is know a movie and it's a movie that just just kind of tells it like it is it's not taking any sides whatsoever no. It's showing no. bad on every single side. It's showing good on every single side. You watch this movie and you get everybody. You're like, you yes. know what? I understand why he's doing that. I yeah. may not agree with it, but I get it yep. now. I get this guy's 
point of view. I get that. And they did a good job of just presenting the whole thing. And yep. in the end, I'm a little confused because I, I get everybody in this. Yeah, like you can kind of understand why there is riots, right? Yeah. Like you get that. And, and you know, it's such a topical film. I think everybody should see this film. Perhaps other people won't be as judgmental of it as me. I just, I couldn't get past too many coincidences. I think the- And, I, and I'm not going to argue with you about that at all because you you're absolutely right. There were some and, and they did bother me a little, but in the end, I'm like- and you know how I, know. I, you know how I can just slam something oh, for something. Oh, I know. Usually it's you. So you you gotta you gotta me, figure so. the rest of this was so good that I'm giving it a pass on those things because yep. the rest of it was so good. It was. Like, yeah. I really do think people should see this film. Yeah. Like, it's a must see for anybody that's interested in uh, in discovering. You know, perhaps the the temperature of what's going on with the racial unrest in Europe, because I mean, this is a Danish film, right? So. Yep. All yep. right, where are we going from here, Jim? Uh, where did we see that? We saw that on VOD, right? Okay. We saw so that on VOD. From there, we went and saw, thanks to Bryce, or should I say, thanks Bryce, we got to see. We a have movie to called- review it, man. <laughs> We got to see a movie called The Tomorrow War. And I'm not going to tell anybody about it because if this is really the only biggest movie that's out this week. It's It's got a bigger budget than the film we saw in, saw in theaters. Number one streaming movie in the world. Yeah, number one streaming movie that costs $200 million to make. And we're talking about The Tomorrow War, which we saw on Prime. So... Did the writer and director of this film see Edge of Tomorrow and then say, what if we rewrote it and instead of all that confusing back and forth through time stuff, just go back and forth in time a couple of times and make it more linear storyline? Well, that's what I think happened when they decided to make this movie, except they took a movie that was really good and they made this movie. So... Uh, first off, I'm not sure why the first scene was even there. It was completely dumb. Super annoyed about the CLF, who's a, like a six or a seven-year-old who happens to be smarter than most doctors, which made no sense. The concept of this cool sci-fi film, but has been done at least a few times already, uh, it was not a surprise in any way, shape, or form. But there's a lot in this film that is not essential to this movie. They spent way too much time with the family. We get it, you love each other. Let's move on. This movie was over two hours long. Everything seemed drawn out. And at times almost like we are in a role playing game. The monsters were scary and cool. I actually really thought the monsters were did a really good job. Uh, and it seemed like they could take care of business if you know what I'm saying as far as monsters go. Uh, which they did most of the time. But again, consistency in who kills them quickly and who doesn't kind of makes it annoying at times. Sometimes they die with one shot. Sometimes it takes a thousand rounds before they go down. This sci-fi action flick has all the predictable blockbuster trope lines, endless bullets, comedy sidekicks, hero music with Michael Bay-like CGI-ness, teammate sacrifices and bombings and explosion jumps so basically all the things you want to see in a cinema but 
we did not get to see this in the com- we got we didn't get to see this in the comfort of the theater. We got to see this in the comfort of our home. Thanks, Prime. This would have been even better if, and I say even better, if we got to see it in cinemas. I'm just saying. Yes. This carries a lot of the same problems Army of the Dead did have, which was way too much chatty interactions, where I'm assuming the director thinks it's developing characters, but it's really just filling empty space. There is just way too many of them this film is two hours and 18 minutes and could have been at least 30 minutes less not much of a fan of this independence type rewrite of a film i didn't hate it like super hate it uh really i was just pretty much neutral through the entire film going from one predictable scene to another i did like seeing chris pratt not playing the comedy relief charade where he's usually pigeonholed um, sort of like Ryan Reynolds has soon has become. Uh, so it was good to see him play, I guess, a bit of a serious role. This film was too long, too predictable, not even close to as good as Live, Die, Repeat. And it barely, and I'm saying barely, gets a man. And that's mostly because the monsters were pretty cool. Big budget, lots to look at, lots of explosions and noise. That was the Tomorrow War. So if this is the movie you made, to your point, why on earth would you release it exclusively on Prime when its only shot at being entertaining at all is if it was projected on a giant screen at the movie theater where you could be in awe of the spectacle, which is all it is. The film fell flat as an all-flash with little substance sci-fi romp. It could not succeed without being on a big screen at your local cinema. And did I mention this movie needed to be released at the theaters, not on Prime? Yep. Okay, <laughs> I just want to be clear there. Because I don't, you know what, you talked enough about the movie. I'm, I'm not going to waste everybody's time. This was a rage that could have been a met on the big screen. Maybe. Maybe not. It still might have been a rage. You know, I completely understand why you gave it a rage. I was I was pretty close to there, but I really did like the monsters. I thought the monsters were pretty cool, and I kind of liked some of some of the concept of um, what's his uh, what's his nuts, um, like just some of the things like how they brought in the future people into the soccer game. That was kind of done well. There was a couple parts that were good. I I completely understand why. Why? I mean, I'm not going to debate you. It it was very close to being a rage for me as well. Yeah, but it's just like, bleh. and I'm releasing it on Prime, not in the theaters. It's just shooting yourself in the foot. It's just yeah. Weird. I don't. I don't get that. They could have done like Apple does, right? I mean, Apple's releasing um, Black Widow, uh, and then at the same time, it's going to be on Apple or um, whatever. That would be that know. would be Disney. Disney. So it's some kind of plus. It's a plus thing. It's a plus thing. Yes. They all suck. Pretty much. That, that's my take on it. Amazon sucks. There All we right. go. Well, I will never watch anything on their crappy channel. This right. movie should have been in the theater. Then I could have actually gone to see it. There you go. Well, maybe someday it will. And it'll come. Then it's too late. You guys already trashed it. it for me, so what's the point of seeing it now? Do you have any well, favorite just... lines or anything, Jim, or can we move on? No, there was really no favorite lines in it. Right. <laughs> Which was kind of unfortunate. Because monsters don't talk. That's right. All right, Murray's okay. back to being awake. Uh, yeah, he's still here. 
And yes, I actually went to a movie uh, because these guys made me. Yes. Uh, it was called The Forever Purge. This is the, I don't know, upteenth sequel to the original. And I haven't actually seen them all. Uh, the basic plot is all the rules are broken as a bunch of lawless marauders decide that the annual purge does not stop at daybreak. It should instead should never end. So basically just kill all foreigners all the time. Uh, I feel like this is what America would be like after four more years of Trump. If he had actually won the election, it, they would have been this bad. They would have just gone to, to shooting like foreigners in the streets and he would have okayed everything. That, that, that It's scary, but that's where they were headed if he'd actually won. So, yeah, it was kind of terrifyingly, you know, this might actually happen. And, you know, the fact that Mexico and Canada actually, like, opened the borders. I don't, know, I don't think I would have done that in real life. It's like, you know, screw you. You're not coming to our country. Um, well, yeah, it was yeah we, you would have, Murray. Come on. They, I don't know. They're there uh, for us. We're there I, for them. I don't know. I, I actually enjoyed this more than I thought I would. Because I didn't really like the other ones. I saw, like, two of the other ones, and I thought they were all kind of dumb. But, um... Uh, yeah, there were a lot of, uh, you know, women kicking ass in this one, so that was kind of cool. Uh, I just have one thing to say about uh, Josh Lucas. Is he only capable of playing assholes? That's his it's thing, like, man. Even when he's a good guy, you don't like him. Like the start of the movie, he's like, I don't like you. You're Mexican. I don't like you. Uh, and like, you were late. I'm going to fire you. Like, then all of a sudden they're buddy buddy when they're getting shot at. I'm yeah, like, whatever. They were never really buddy buddy. He's but... still an asshole. Every movie I've ever seen him in, he's been an asshole. It's like I just can't he, like the guy. He maybe did that's have his, his big speech. Maybe he that's his, his actual speech, personality. Though. Maybe he's incapable act, of being it, a nice guy actually, in real life. It actually isn't. He's actually a really nice guy. Which I'm gonna mention. Which I'm gonna mention. He plays an asshole very well. Then I was I was disappointed with the one actor I did like who died pretty early on. And that was a dude from Armageddon. I kind of liked him. Will Patton? Yeah, he's been in a few things. I he's liked. awesome. He's actually on a list, Murray. Well, whatever. If you ever visited <laughs> our website, you'd know that. I, I do, but I don't think I was talking your guys' <laughs> list because I don't agree with a lot of it. Um, yeah, this was a meh for me. It was okay. And again, I wouldn't have streamed this movie. Uh, seeing the theater was awesome. And the fact that... As of July 1st, uh, we no longer have any mask restrictions here. I was able to see my first maskless movie in like over a year. Nice. Which I really enjoyed. And there was actually quite a big crowd for it too because it was a Tuesday night. Oh, sweet. Um, but yeah, yeah, it was good. It was okay. It was anyway, a man. It's, it's a man. All right, Bracey. Let us have it. Hmm. More sequels at the cinemas. Yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. This yep. week's retread is The Forever Purge. And how does it differ from the others in the franchise? Well, they moved it out of the city and into a small town in Texas, close to the Mexican border. That's different, I guess. Mm -hmm. This time, they're trying to escape from the United States. That's different, and I guess mm -hmm. that's kind of clever-ish. I don't know. But other than that, it is what you'd expect with similar action sequences that we have come to expect from every film in the series. A few things set it apart as the actors involved were elevating the material in this one. Will Patton, Anna de la Reguera, 
Tenek Huerta and Josh Lucas were all at a level that was much higher than the material they were performing. I would like to pause for a moment. As by all accounts, Josh Lucas is a nice guy in real life. <laughs> but I'm not sure there is someone out there who plays unlikable characters as well as Lucas does. I hate this guy on screen in most of his roles and i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure that's a compliment it is anyhow back to the film the change in scenery was a breath of fresh air for the series as we got a slightly different look into the purge with characters with slightly different motivations unfortunately the initial spin on the franchise gave way to slipping back into a typical Purge movie as soon as they leave the ranch. I guess that is not the worst thing, but the beginning bit of originality got squashed by the Purge machine as we get scenes that seem a little too familiar as they are just rehashes of former Purge movies. What can I say? It was a Purge movie. They all have many things in common, not the least of which is they are all meh. <laughs> okay, so we knew it had to happen eventually. Yes, all these stupid previous purges were all leading up to what is the forever purge, 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 purge. It go, it's got everything you ever wanted from the previous purges. It's an apocalypse film, a Saw film, a Purge film, reality TV series, plus a taste, a very small taste of Black Hawk Down meets Mad Max and a spaghetti western. But most of all, it has predictable, elevating violence, some kind of message for First Nations, and that all cultures are equal. This has way too much. It's trying to sell us all at the same time the whole journey for our should we say lack of a better word heroes gets sillier sillier and less predictable as we continue through this ever changing purge world through the journey um there does not seem to be much sense to it other than the simple plot which appears to be judging a bit of what is happening in parts of the US right now maybe uh, with evil racism is bad and evil and everyone else is good and not evil it, it's way easier to keep it simple in these kind of movies I find the pluses in this is that there is a consistent escalation and non-stop fighting in action Plus, it's got ladies who kick ash and punch sticks all the way through it. There is a great representation of culture in this film, but still no one from the LBGTQ community. I'm just pointing it out. If you're trying to make a point, make the whole point. That's all I'm saying. Uh, the minuses are that the ending is super predictable and annoying. That a community of aboriginals is three people. What? That made no sense. Yeah, I was surprised about it too. They're, they're at the border. Yeah, there's, like, like, there's like three Native Americans. Let's go to our like town. It's like an army of 50 rednecks. I'm like, yeah. if, it, if it was my tribe, I'd have like 50 soldiers there, there with were, their crossbows and stuff. Right. I mean, there there's no way in hell. Well, there, there it, weren't too many more. There was only like a couple was, guys. There wasn't anybody. They got there and there was nobody. 
exactly. Basically nobody. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it was an open border. You can just walk across. Like they weren't guarding it very well. It's like, no, but it, it, I'm just saying there wasn't very many. Like there's yeah, some, it, the guy it, was it, talking about it being a town. And, and it's their land. It wasn't a town of Aboriginals. There was yeah, but it was their land. I mean, they, they should be there. But whatever. <laughs> no, I know. But what I'm saying, Murray, is that there wasn't. There no, wasn't I mean. a town. I'm, I'm there agreeing. was like ten. There's like yeah. ten people. What the hell? Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, yeah, the ending was bad, and it started to annoy me. As we got closer and closer to the end, I'd say the first half of the film I really liked. And the second half was awful. So good half minus terrible half equals meh film. That's true. Uh, there's a couple things I want to unpack, though. The 10 people that never diminished the 10 bad guys that were chasing them down. Uh-huh. It came out. You could literally count them coming out of their cars. There was about ten people, and then every time someone got shot, there was still ten people. <laughs> it's just like, okay, there's, there, it's just. They seem they, to have reinforced. It's like you yeah. kill one and they become a zombie. Is that was that what I was supposed to assume? There was uh, just there some, was some are late to the dance. From where? <laughs> there was no more trucks. They were just people walking around. When they shoot a <laughs> the film, Jim, you don't see. All the way around, they were off screen. I don't know what your oh, problem is. Right. So the right, extras just yeah. off screen waiting to come on for their scene. No, no they no, weren't no, waiting. No. <laughs> they were just doing whatever they were doing, and then oh, right. and people then that then they ended up car. wandering into the scene. They, they were... pulled in into a car that they weren't following because the... they didn't know where the other people were going. You don't know what yeah. was coming from the other direction. Ah. Okay. Thanks. Tips. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, that made no sense. It just kept getting worse as the movie kept going. I agree. If it would have gone another 10 minutes, this would have been a rage. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. First half was good. Last half was bad. That's kind of how I saw it as well. And it was too long. Cut a half hour out of it. It would have been better. Or at least I, 20 I, minutes. I think it was only... Was it? Was it? it was like, no, it was like an hour and 45. Was it an hour and 45? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, make, like, make like a 90-minute movie, and it, there you go. It felt... It felt, it felt longer. I actually went to the bathroom twice. and like I missed at a boy, yeah. like in your life? So, no, during the movie. Oh, <laughs> I usually hold it, but it's like, ah, eh, nothing's happening. I'll just go to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, that's. It was probably a good movie to go to the bathroom in a couple of times. It's, yeah. I kind of wish I did now. I did, but I never left the theater. <laughs> there you go. Boy. <laughs> that depends on where you're talking about. Depends. Yes, it depends. I yeah. suppose it does. <laughs> yeah, that was a triple. So you know what that means, don't you? He's just sitting there. He doesn't know. He doesn't know nothing. <laughs> nice. Oh, my God, I got that off my chest. Mm. <laughs> it's like a waist been lifted. <laughs> Temperature rising. Vision blurring. Rage taking over. Okay, we kind of already talked a little bit about this, so it's just going to be a little bit of a reminder. But actually, my bigger my bigger problem, other than us not getting to see the Forever War or something, tomorrow. what is it called? Tomorrow War, the Forever's War of Tomorrow. Tomorrow War that goes uh, on forever. Yeah, is that, like, what is wrong with sci-fi flicks lately? 
Like, this is just a portion of my rage. I have a double rage. You're getting double dose today. It, what is the deal with sci-fi movies? Like, it's like now we have... God, it just annoys me. That we have kind of like one plot, which is aliens are trying to invade us. And they all kind of have the same plot. It, it's just annoying me. I just... I wanted that movie to be so good. So you want the aliens to come down and like open a restaurant? Yeah, what's wrong with that movie? That sounds like a really good movie. Man in Black 4. Yeah, but except for it's just a movie with aliens serving... No, a lot of the aliens in the Men in Black movies were just living their lives. They yeah, weren't hurt anybody. like that. Like, like Men in Black movies, but only a good movie, not Men in Black series. Yeah, like that. That's what I, I want. I, there's so many great science fiction stories written, and they just keep rehashing these stupid ideas that keep coming back from other other movies. It's just annoying as hell. I just it it makes me angry. And then on top of that, Amazon happens to spend two hundred million dollars on a movie that's not even going to be played in theaters. That's my rage. I hope they lose money on it. Well, they don't, because they're Amazon. They make no, I, dollars. I, I hope that the movie is so bad that nobody watches it. This is what well, I'm everybody like, is watching is. it. Everybody's watching it. Then I guess they win Except either you. way. Except me, because I will never watch anything on Amazon. There you go. There you go. That's my rage. Okay. Ah, my rage is very similar, Jim. Very similar. If you have a movie that is a spectacle, please release it in the theater first. Why release The Tomorrow War on the small screen when its only hope of being entertaining is to be on a big screen at the cinema? Other examples in this last year and a half are too many to list, but here's a few. Mulan and Love and Monsters would have benefited greatly from delaying their release to be showcased where they were meant to be seen, a movie theater. And how awesome would Zack Snyder's Justice League have been on the oh, big screen? So good. Some films had a simultaneous release in cinema and VOD depending on where you were at, but here in Canada the only way to see Wonder Woman 1984 and Army of the Dead was on demand. And that was a detriment to both films. Giant blockbusters, special effects, extravaganzas need to be a wider spread released first and available on demand after its initial theatrical release. That's my rage. Amen. Yeah, it's a good one. It's a good one, brother. It's you know, yeah, you know, and um, there's been some push and talk that we've heard. Um, I think Amazon is kind of the start, but Disney Disney has said the same thing. They're releasing every movie uh, um, simultaneously now. And I uh, through through the whatever it's called Disney Plus yeah. and and now that theaters will be back they'll put it at theaters too right but it's kind of like at as least if it's you, on as long both, as it's both it's fine choice. yeah it's fine but if it's only on demand then you're robbing people of the experience of seeing a movie you know I like, think it could cause the I, death I, of I watch TV at home I don't watch movies at home but whatever yeah it's big so, corporations Rage subsiding. Pulse slowing. Anger fading. 
Hi, we are Dads and Lads, the podcast. Join Sean, my 15-year-old son, and myself, Stuart, his outspoken dad. We talk about everything from sport to Sean's learning difficulties or anything that takes our fancy. Mixed with some northern humour and some off-the-cuff remarks, come and give us a listen every Sunday. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts or on Twitter at Dads and Lads Pod. Also, you can join our Facebook group by searching Dads and Lads the Podcast on Facebook. Thank you. You won't be disappointed. That's right. Well, my, this week uh, is sort of related to what you guys are talking about. I call it Welcome Back to the Cinema. Free at Whee! last, free at last. Thank the gods we're free at last. After seven long months, movie theaters are finally back open for business. And after 16 months of COVID madness, all the restrictions have finally been lifted, at least here in Alberta. Uh, last night, I enjoyed a, a maskless movie, and it felt great. Now that Hollywood is back to cranking out their mega blockbusters, it's time to take a look at what to look forward to this summer. Ooh, Murray, thank you. You're making my day. I could read your mind, Jim. Some will be hits, some will not, but we'll flock to see them all. Starting with this weekend, the big one is Black Widow, which like was made two years ago. Uh, it's a film about Natasha Romanoff and her quest between the film Civil War and Infinity. Because, of course, as you know, she doesn't make it in the end. <laughs> she did. She did. Uh, and then uh, next week, we've got only one coming out is the, the new Space Jam, a new legacy, which is kind of half cartoon, half live action. You know, we with, might have Le- to miss Le- that Le- one. LeBron James this time instead we might of Michael have to Jordan. miss that one in the cinemas. Yeah. Uh, it's got Don Cheadle in it. <laughs> the Don is in it? The Don is in it, and LeBron James, who can't act. Then the week after, we actually got... Looks like they're actually releasing a lot of stuff all at once here in a couple of weeks. We've got Old, which is the newest M. Night Shyamalan movie, which I keep seeing trailers for. Yeah, it looks pretty good. Family goes on a holiday, and they're on a secluded beach, and next thing you know, they're aging like years in one day. I don't know. It seemed weird. I have a feeling there's going to be a twist at the end. Maybe. Same weekend, uh, there is Snake Eyes, which is, of course, the G.I. Joe spinoff centered around the character of Snake Eyes, which is my favorite character. What? Okay, so which G.I. Joe characters did you have as a kid? Like, I had Snake Eyes. Yeah, I had Snake Eyes, yeah, and I think I had a couple of bad guys. Nice. But yeah, no, I love Snake Eyes. So this will be interesting. Uh, and then we also have something called Joe Bell, which is a Mark Wahlberg movie. He stars in it with Connie Britton and Gary Sinise. There's a hint he's probably going to be shirtless at least one I don't time. know. In this movie, apparently, he's a working class father who embarks on a solo walk across America to crusade against bullying after his son is tormented in high school for being gay. To find a shirt. Yeah, to find a shirt at some point. And we got one. This is a doozy. Midnight in the Switchgrass. It stars the ever popular Megan Fox and Bruce Willis. Oh! It's an FBI agent and a Florida state officer team up to investigate a string of unsolved murder cases. I just watched a Megan Fox movie. It was pretty good. It, well, Till death. Back then. He's stopping insulting her directors. Maybe he should be all right. All right, then at the end of the month, we've got the big Disney one, Jungle Cruise. 
Dwayne, The Rock, Johnson, Emily Blunt, Edgar Ramirez, and Jesse Plemons. Of course, it's based on a theme park ride. This river riverboat goes through a jungle. Dangerous animals and reptiles. Sounds like a doozy. I, you know what? You don't get... <laughs> what is happening in this world that we get a movie based on a fucking Disney uh, ride? I mean, like what is Pirates happening? of the Caribbean, you mean? I mean, well, like five uh, of those. That was based on a theme park. Uh, anyway, then we have The Green Knight, which I knew nothing about. It's a fantasy retelling of the medieval story of Sir Gawain and The Green Knight. I don't know if he was one of the King Arthurs or not. Actually, it actually stars Dev Patel and Alicia Vikander. So interesting casting there. Well, we'll be seeing that for sure. And then also the end of the month is uh, one called Ride the Eagle with J.K. Simmons and Susan Sarandon. Uh, uh, this guy is left with the inheritance with when his mother dies. Before he can, he can actually move into her house, she, he has to complete her basically bucket list, I guess. Oh, uh, so it's Bucket List 2 with J.K. Simmons and I guess, Sarandon. I guess so. I know Susan Sarandon is the one that dies at the end. Another the end of the movie sequel. Then, of course, in August, we got the new Suicide Squad. With Margot Robbie, Idris Elba, John Cena, and Taika Waititi is in it. I don't Uh-oh. know what character he plays. Maybe the shark. But There's high risk for Taika Waititi. There is. Then. Well, he's got two back-to-back, so I have a feeling he's not going to stay on the list very, very long. Because the week after that guys. is one, the one I'm looking forward to. Yes, August 13, free guy. Yeah, free guys. Free guys, guys, guys going to bounce him. That, I, don't I don't really care. He's still on my list forever and ever. He's he's not far on the on the directing list either. Directing, he's going to be fine. Acting, if he takes. Well, well who knows? An, free guy might be wonderful, but he's not an actor. Right. But whatever. He's pretty uh, awesome. I'd say he's he also, is. Uh, so he's a great also actor. The, 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 the biopic of uh, Aretha Franklin, Respect, coming out the uh, same weekend as Free Guy. For Jennifer Hudson, Forrest Whitaker, Audra McDonald. Your paper's picking up in the mic, Merman. Ah, oh, too damn bad. Um, And then towards the end of August, we've got uh, uh, Reminiscence, which I saw a trailer for, with Hugh Jackman, Tandy Newton, and Rebecca Ferguson. Looks like kind of a total recall kind of a thing. The scientist discovers a way to relive your past and use technology to search for his long lost love. A lot of technology and stuff. So yeah, it looks like total recall type deal. Uh, then there's an interesting one. Uh, we have the protege. It's actually got Samuel Jackson once again playing a legendary assassin. And Maggie Q is the uh, one that he trained and basically he dies. And then she basically vows revenge. Oh, yeah. We saw the rest the of the per- movie. We saw the and movie for this. Michael Keaton plays the bad guy. So that could be interesting. Robert Patrick's in it, too. And then the end of summer, we got The Candyman, which yes. is a spiritual sequel to the horror film from 1992. Sorry, to people, people, it says it's a sequel. It says I, hmm. and there's no idea who any of these people are there in it. It's just a bunch of names I've never heard Randos? of. Randos? Random, like new up and comings. Then, of course, to close out our summer uh, in September, we've got a couple of Marvel movies. Shanghai, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, and Venom, Let There Be Carnage, which Woody Harrelson is playing Carnage. So that rounds out our summer, and then it'll be time for the film festivals. Nice. Yeah, so go out and enjoy some films. Don't be stuck in the house. That's all I got. Space Jam 2. Animal things. Okay, 
Uh, I don't have anything to the list. Does anybody have anything this week? Nope. Well, breaking news in Yuma County. I think it, I, I was hoping you're going to have a different opinion of Alice and Janney's performance because I think everybody in that movie, if we had a mesmerized off, bounces her right out off the list. Mm, nope, not for me. I thought she did an amazing job. So you're saying Clif- Clifton Collins Jr. If you put the head to head in that, she's better. Yeah, she's, she's I do. Be- I think. She, yeah, and, I thought she was and I guess this. Wanda Sykes isn't on it because Murray's gonna kibosh it. But Wanda well, Sykes was okay, better. Okay, and this is what I actually have something to say about that. Okay. Did I ever once say I didn't like her? I actually yes. love yes. Wanda Sykes. When did I say that? We tried to I- get her on the list, and you took you kiboshed her. For what movie? Not for a movie, for mesmerizing. For mesmerizing. I happen to love her. I don't remember saying it. I never never happened to say it. Okay, well, I nominate Wanda Sykes, and apparently she's going to be right off the list because she's not better than Allison Janney. Go, Jim, make the argument. (laughs) No, no, she could be because if you think she was more, if she was more mesmerizing, then again, we have a, we have a, a disagreement. No one comes off. We do have a disagreement. I also think Aquafina. Should yeah, be mesmerizing. Yep, I would agree. I already know who that is, so you guys go ahead. There you go. And once <laughs> again, right. I think she was better in this movie than Allison Janney. I disagree with you. All right, so apparently we're just having a mesmerized list that just doesn't stop. So that means everybody I just said is on the mesmerized list. Yes? No? I'm, I'm not having any problems with any of it. And because Hello? you thought Allison Janney was better than all of them? Yes. Everybody's safe. Apparently they are. This is the have to be in dumbest movie. segment we've ever had. All right. Well, no, not really, because we now know that Wanda Sykes is mesmerizing, and we know Aquafina is mesmerizing. What about Clifton Collins Jr.? Are you kind of watching that? Yeah, no, no idea who that is. Not, not in my life. Yeah, he's so good. Like, he's literally best supporting actor of every movie he's in. And he's never the lead actor in any movie. Why is he never in more stuff? I don't know. Like every time I you know, see him, he's just fantastic. He's uh, okay. So go do the yep. research because you didn't. You didn't rage off of accounting. You gave it a mad, didn't you? I did, and I I did the research because I'm like everybody in this movie should pot, has the potential to be on the undoubted list, and everybody has a stinker involved where it's like everybody's they just, got. A they stinker. just can't. They just can't. Well, yeah. I mean, Wanda doesn't make that. That many good movies either, but I mean, she's still mesmerizing. Yes. Yeah, you can't you can't stop till you get enough. Come on. Uh, I have a I want to put forward. Now that I'm thinking about it, someone for the doubted. Okay. Now, um, and I'm putting forward Bruce Willis. <laughs> <laughs> because right. if you go through his stuff, it's terrible. Well, let's do it. I, 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 just don't even know what... Hub, I just watched Hudson Hawk. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah, but that wasn't in the last. Hudson, no, was, Hudson was Hawk is so it, bad. It, oh, it was terrible. It was terrible. By, except, by awesome, except for the I five awesome minutes he's singing, bad. the rest of it is bad. Okay. <laughs> so, Bryce, write these down because I don't think we've seen a lot of these because. Oh, uh, oh guess good. What? We get to watch Bruce Willis movies? It's awesome. going to be a Bruce Willis off here. Yeah, but didn't, okay, didn't Murray so, just say she's going to be with some uh, in something with Megan Fox here coming up? Yeah, he's he's going to be up this oh, summer. Well, that's going to be that's going to be Mondo. You think so? No, I, I, I don't. Do. I don't think it's all. Well, okay. Well, anyway, so this will be temporary till that one comes out. But go ahead, of course. Sure. So there's a movie. I guess it's coming out now, or it's out. It's called Cosmic Sin. 
from 2021, and it's not the Megan Fox one. Cosmic. Sounds like a, sounds like a streaming one. Cosmic Sin. And then, I, which I haven't seen, but IMDb has it as 2.5. Oh. And then from 2020, we have Breach, which I also haven't seen. I have which, seen Breach. And it, it has a three on IMDb, but I'm not sure. Do you remember three, on it? Three is very generous. Breach, oh, is, right. Breach is bad. It is a okay. rage. Okay. And then there's a movie called Hard Kill, which is a, is a huge rage. That is a rage. Yes. And then there's Survive the Night. Which was also a rage. That is a rage. Okay, and then he was in a movie called Trauma Center. That was meh. <laughs> yeah, I would agree with you, actually. That was meh. Uh, then he was in a movie called Ten Minutes Gone, which was a rage. I don't know that one, but I'll take your word for it if I don't have to watch it. Yep. Okay, and then there was this one. I don't think counts as it because it's really not a really a movie. It's between two thern, thir- ferns, that comedy sketch thing with what's his face, <sighs> Zach Galifianakis. Yes, and then he was in a movie called Motherless Brooklyn, which for me was a meh. That was, was the, it a Mondo? That was the Ed Norton Jr. one, right? That he directed. Yes. Yeah, I think we talked yeah, about it. Yeah, it was it was a meh. Okay, so how many is that? Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. Seven. If you're not counting between two ferns it's seven okay so then the uh, oh no this he may not make it we have to wait till the megan fox comes out because he was in glass which for me was a meh so that's a double meh unless so yeah. it gets him off so yeah. we have to now wait until the we have to see we have to see the megan fox movie which is going to be mondo he'll, he'll have to summer. start over <laughs> there we go I really okay. like, I just watched the Megan Fox movie, Till Death. I think I've said it already. I'm going to say it again. Till Death's good. I liked it. I'm, yeah, trying, it to, I'm trying to decide whether it's Mondo or not. I didn't, wasn't really thinking along those lines because we weren't, you know, reviewing it for the for the podcast. But uh, yeah, Till Death's good. Another movie that's good, I don't know why I'm bringing this up in this segment, is that uh, new uh, Benicio Del Toro and... Um, yes, it's good. Yeah. I saw it too. <laughs> what the heck's it called? I don't know. We'll look it up later. <laughs> we should have done that for the podcast because that was that was really good. That might have been yeah. Mondo. Well, you suggested the Tomorrow War. Yeah, because we had to. I didn't we, suggest it. It was forced to, upon me. We we get to choose what we we can choose what, what we watch. <laughs> that was for, Canada, we can't we can't ignore the number one streaming movie. In the entire world. Watch me. (laughs) (laughs) Murray just did it right there. Uh, The movie that is No Sudden Move. Yeah, No Sudden Move. So good. So, so good. Yeah. Uh, Benicio Del Toro. uh, Who else in it? It's just left me for some reason. I'm drawing a blank. Uh, Who else is in that particular? Don Cheadle's in it. Don Cheadle's in it. And someone else. Ray Liotta's Uh, in it. And... Like it just goes on and on. There's like it's a, like traffic too. And I a, think Megan Fox's sister, Julia Fox. Sure. <laughs> so yeah, no, that no, uh, yeah, that 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 movie was good. It really was good. good. Anyways, I'm getting off topic. Yeah, you right. did. Uh, I don't even know how I'm gonna arrange that. All right, let's uh, let's move on. Alrighty. Last week on Rage or Dare, Jim pulled from Bryce's recently refilled bag of torture. 
This week, Dim and Bryce get to again go back to take a giant scoop of rage from my delicious bucket of rage. Let's it's check not in just with Jim. Bucket of rage, it's Marie. a bucket of it's rage. It's creamy bucket, creamy of, bucket rage. of rage. Let's check in with Jim and see if Bryce continues to deliver the same level of rage, or is his bag not as stinky as rumors say it is? Okay, so what I, movie did you watch? I got to see the fabulous Lindsay Lohan movie. Just my luck. That's the movie with Chris, with Chris Pine. Just my luck. I got to watch Just My Luck. You so are welcome. You can kind of see after watching this movie how Lindsay Lohan became a really big star. She does carry a scene very, very well as an adult. I don't know as a kid, but as an adult, she's a pretty good actress. The dialogue and setup for this film were all done fairly well. For what this film was and who it was made for, that being said, the story is just like every other contrived cookie-cutter love story, flip-flop fantasy film with Lindsay Lohan in it. The plot is very much living in a magical, whimsical world where Lindsay's character has nothing but good luck and apparently Chris Pine's character has nothing but bad luck, including get arrested, picking up $5 bills covered in shit, plus... The music in this movie was awful through the entire film, aside from one song that appeared by the fabulous band, The Eels. The acting was all pretty much okay. The script, although contrived and predictable, wasn't terrible considering the genre. Really? Don't get me wrong. I pretty much hated everything about this film, but not because it wasn't well done for the type of mindless teen heartthrob type post-tween schlock film. No, wait, that is why I hated it. But for that type of film, it wasn't awful. I'm guessing for people who like that type of film, they probably would have really liked this. As far as the script, I mean, you're getting a schlock film that is a love story, which I don't like those stories. But compared to a lot of the other shitty love stories that Bryce makes me watch... I thought the script was actually pretty well written. There was some pretty clever writing that happened, and it kind of surprised me. Um, it was cute seeing Chris Pine so young and all teen beady esque as I kind of wish Lohan didn't get on. And I kind of wish that, like, you think of Lindsay Lohan, I kind of wish she didn't get on drugs and, and her career was able to she, move forward. She had potential. She did. I know. She really she's, did. She's she a could good sing actor. too. She was actually a really good singer too. She's she's talented. Uh, okay. Uh, and well, maybe like maybe she and Chris Pine could have both been in Star Trek films. There you go. Because I do think she's pretty talented. So to summarize, music was awful except for the eels. Um, story was schlocky, tween bait. Acting was okay. Timing and pacing was okay. Again, for its genre, Chris Pine and Lindsay Lohan were adorable which was cute, but also annoying at the same time. Nothing was believable, and it was some kind of Freaky Friday swap thing, but instead of bodies, it was luck. So Bryce nailed it as far as picking the right genre of this type of movie. Uh, it usually puts my fa my rage phasers fully engaged. Notice how I did that just for Chris. Teehee. Uh, I was in a rage, but not... As painful as I thought it would be. If you like cute Freaky Friday type movies, you Mild might like this. But unless you're swapping serial killers with teenage girls, it ain't going to be that great. Yep, it's a rage. But Lindsay Lohan, 
please come back and make more movies and perhaps make them with Robert Downey Jr. because you both have things in common. Mm. Well, that's disappointing. Be- I was hoping you are going to hate it more. Yeah, I was kind of hoping I was going to hate it more too. And as I'm watching it, I'm going like, okay, it's kind of it's, annoying. It's still a but, rage, but, but it's not a... Ah. Yeah, it wasn't wanting to peel my eyes off one layer at a time. Yeah. And I wasn't, I wasn't needing to plug my ears that much. The script was actually pretty well, pretty well done for what it was. All right, Murray is daring us with his bag. Bucket of something, rage. Something that uh, I'm sure Bryce is going to love. Yes, sure absolutely. It uh, it's kind of no. Nope, yeah, it's your, all your screen is Just old. Read it. It's the bench warmers. The bench warmers. Uh, yep. Yes, and I happen to own a copy of it. If you if you can't find it, oh, who's in I the bench it for warmers? I think isn't that a David Spade movie? Uh maybe yeah, but it's uh, well, it's one of those other guys. But it's about football, football it's a sports movie. And it's it looks like it's pretty bad. Well, you, you mean you own it and, and... I, haven't, I haven't watched it. Uh, so no, it's, I, I it's... bought it in the, in, the, in the dollar bin. Maybe this movie will get David Spade off our doubted list. Is he in it? Is this confirmed? I, I don't remember. I'm pretty sure he's on there. Doubted. He Maybe part it? of the cast. No, Maybe. is he part of this cast? It's a movie about oh, yeah. football. He's definitely in it. <laughs> it's got all of the classic that you know is going to be good. It's got David Spade. It's got John Heater. It's got Rob Schneider. It's got John Lovitz. That's right, John Schneider. That's what I was thinking. And it's got yeah. Tim Meadows, but it's got Nick Swartzen, who's awesome. I mean, guys, I am, that I'm looking forward to this. This will be funny. Yeah, this could be the. It. This could anyway, be the best. Anyway, yeah. If you can't find it, I have a copy of it. All right. All right. Good we to know. Drop it know. off for you. We will let you looks know. Looks like a, looks like an SNL type deal because a lot of the guys from SNL are in it. Well, thanks again, Ragers, for listening. Rage love to Julene uh, for Mikko's Down with the M podcast, as well as James, our two member subscribers. Thanks to our standard film rage crew of Leonard Conlon for sufficient photography via Leonard Conlon Photography, for Bex Goose for her cartooning skills at PotatoLadyPodcastReviews.com. Thanks to our sponsor, Canyon Meadows Cinema. Please go out and support your local independent cinemas near you as they desperately need your help as we come out of this pandemic. Find us on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at FilmRageYYC. Check out everything FilmRage at FilmRageYYC.com, including our merch site from Redbubble and TeePublic. And there's a sale going on right now. See what we look like on our YouTube channel by searching FilmRage Podcast. We are always wanting to make this a raging blast for all listeners. So please comment, like, and subscribe, and send us an email to FilmRageCalgary at gmail.com. Dare us to see terrible movies to feel a rage, but no matter what you do, Please make us rage. Please, please. That's it for this week. Rage on. Rage on. Rage on.